I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Here's our host, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to hour number two of the expanded Inside Sources. This is Taylor Morgan. I am filling in today for Boyd Matheson alongside my co host, Mara Carabello. Mara, as we kick off uh, the second hour of the program here, uh, we are going to discuss the recent killing of Tyree Nichols in Memphis by five police officers. Uh, this has re-energized, again, the national conversation around policing in our country and what that does and what that should look like. Uh, as we know, this is a ongoing uh, debate. Uh, reforms are in the works in some states. Congress is also considering uh, some reforms. Uh, some have more momentum than others. The question is, where do we go from here? And what can be done to address uh, some of the very clear, significant systemic problems in law enforcement? Yeah, I mean, that's right. This has become, for many of us, one of those one of those incidences that we just take another deep breath on because it seems like it's a never-stopping cycle yeah. um, of this. Uh, we do have someone here with us today, Chris Burbank, who is the former chief of police for Salt Lake City, as well as the vice president at the Center for Policing Equity. Um, and I should also disclose this is often talked about at my dinner table um, as, you know, as part of Chris and I's conversations at home. But Chris, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So first, tell us a little bit about the Center for Policing Equity, what you're focused on, so we have a sense of what you're, uh, where you come from on this issue. Well, so we have, over the last seven, eight years, become the largest group that actually works on this issue. And our, our goal is to, through rigorous science, identify what is creating the disparate outcome in policing that exists everywhere in the United States. And we're just focused on the United States at this point, but everywhere that we go, and we've worked in over 30 cities across the country, serving 80 million people, and there is disparity in every single one of those. It doesn't matter large or small. And that's because we have a system, right, policing system, and some of the practices date back 100 years. It is a system that has its roots in white supremacy and controlling another race. And we have failed to adapt or to change that system over time. And so we have an outcome in policing that is very scary and dangerous in which as a black man, especially you are more likely to be stopped than anyone else in the population. So can we relate this? Can we relate this to Tyree? Um, Nichols' situation specifically, uh, what did the Memphis Police Department do right? What did they do wrong? Um, We're just seeing on the streaming news that the officers involved have been charged with, it looks like, seven different counts, anywhere from 
murder to aggravated assault. So let's take us to the Memphis incident and what what have we learned or, or what are you watching in that incident? Well, I think the number one thing that we have to address right up front whenever we talk about this particular circumstance is all individuals involved in this circumstance, this unfortunate circumstance, are all black. And so that does not mean that Memphis gets a pass of the situation that obviously because it's black officers and a black individual that there's not racism involved. Hmm. We have found through good science that hearts and minds – are not what drive the outcome of policing, right? It is the policy and the procedure that exists. So when we look at this particular circumstance, you absolutely have a racist situation that is being applied to Mr. Nichols as he is beaten to death by five officers. Now, the police chief, I I was very proud of her, right? She viewed the video. She said, this is improper. And she fired those people on the spot. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. How often do we hear, oh, we're going to conduct an investigation and wait and see? When you have evidence like that, which this is not the first time that we've seen this on the 10 o'clock news, you can make your decision right there and then. There's very little that needs to go into. So one, she took a very positive step saying, no, this is wrong. And I'm not going to tolerate it in my department. And we are going to resolve this and we are going to publish it. Yeah. We're speaking with former uh, Salt Lake City Police Chief and current vice president of the Center for Policing Equity, Chris Burbank. Chris, you talk about uh, the system, right? The, the, uh, the system being racist versus kind of the hearts and minds, meaning the, the individuals involved. Uh, I think this is so important. If we can point to specific things in the system uh, that are racist, what what would you call our attention to? Well, the things that would result. So what we like to do is take the science and say, what are those activities that police engage in that actually lead to the disparate outcomes? And one of the most prominent and the number one cause of encounters between members of the public and the police department is traffic interdiction. And when you look at traffic interdiction, there is no direct scientific correlation between the act of writing a ticket to somebody and increasing the safety on a roadway. And yet we insist that's the solution. Such things as speed bumps, those flashing speed signs that tell you how fast you go, The most effective time a police officer controls traffic and makes the roadway more safe is when they turn the lights and sirens on and pull someone over and park on the side of the road. They don't even need to talk to that person. And everyone slows down. And the, the most important point here is the fact that a speed bump or those flashing lights do not care what your race, your religion, your gender, your gender identity is. It is equal across the board. And it reduces the speed on the roadway. 
So who needs to, what are the top, so if that's a policy discussion, who do we need to work with? Do we need to work with our chiefs? Do we need to work with the law enforcement officers? Do we need to work with our legislators? Where can change happen? Well, change should happen at all levels because some of these things are national, right? And we do need a national database of police use of force, of search and seizure. Can you imagine that we cannot tell you how many people are subjected to search and seizure in the United States? It is enumerated in the Constitution that you cannot have your rights violated under the Constitution for an unlawful search and seizure. And we don't even document when police officers do that across the country. Let's put data in place at a national level. Let's change the standard for use of force, especially for deadly force. Make it a necessary standard, not a reasonable standard. I'm not reasonably sure that I need to kill this man tonight. I have to necessarily be sure that this is absolutely the last possible thing that I can do. These are the types of things that we can now start to do. And interestingly enough, let's change who we hire. That goes right to the Mm. police department. So we have just only a few short seconds left. How is Utah stacking up? How are we doing compared to the rest of the nation? Unfortunately, we are way behind. We don't even admit or submit data that allows scrutiny of what goes on in the state of Utah. Why are we not participating at a high level? We know what it takes. This is not a secret. Everyone knows what it takes. Let's start to change what police do, not how they do it, because how they do it, right, training, education, you know, new tools, new toys, has not changed the outcome. Chris but Burbank. changing what we do will. Chris Burbank, former chief of police for Salt Lake City and the vice president of the Center for Policing Equity. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thank Sources. you. Thank you. Uh, Taylor, coming up, we're going to take a deeper dive into the water issues. We heard Ooh, a little I like that from pun. the House. Good water pun. Thank you. And we're going to hear from the Senate. So stay with us on Inside Sources. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.